Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that move, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week. We've got more training camp today as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade continues. I'm Fran Duffy. And as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 340. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I catch up with Ben Fennel and Chris McPherson to talk through what we saw from the practice field today down at the Novacare Complex. Eagles, day five, practice five of training camp. Excited to dig into it with both of those guys. Before we get there, just a quick reminder, make sure you go on and leave us a rating, leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show greatly greatly helps us as we gear up for the 2021 season appreciate everybody that has done that lately if you've got a question go leave it on there we'll answer it right here on the show by the way as well when you're on there make sure you go tuned in to the journey to the draft podcast where myself ben fennel dane brugler we are getting you ready for college football and essentially the nfl draft great year college football coming upon us hopefully a little bit more normalcy hopefully uh, things can keep uh, trending back towards uh, some normalcy here uh we're hoping for some great great content all year round we're gonna have nfl scouts on the show each and every week along with ben along with dane guests every single week we have ross tucker on every week it's it's a lot of fun make sure you go and subscribe to the journey to the draft podcast the eagles Huge, huge draft next year in 2022. Looking like they have a bunch of picks. Uh, really, really looking forward to coverage leading up all through the next calendar year as we get ready for next April. And just get ready now by subscribing, and then you'll be ready. You'll know who all the tops and top names are by the time we get to the offseason. But enough about Journey to the Draft. Let's focus in on what we saw today down at the Novacare Complex. It's time now for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, let's get things rolling here as I welcome in Chris McPherson and Ben Fennell. Guys, uh, the last day before pads go on for the first time here at the Eagles training camp, the Eagles uh, will putting, be putting on pads on Tuesday. But what did we see on the field on Monday before we get into today's action? Let's first go over to Chris McPherson and go through some of the transactions or just general news from the day. CMAC, we've got our brand new sounder, uh, PK Sound, Peter Kelly, uh, coming through. Great stuff right there. So glad to hear that incorporated into the show. So for Wide receiver Devontae Smith injured his knee during Saturday's practice, so he is deemed week-to-week by the team. Uh, you know, great stuff that we saw. It was a, was a high-volume option in the first week of training camp. Offensive coordinator Shane Steichen met the media today and praised his releases off the line of scrimmage as being extremely impressive for a rookie. So, Fran, how does that impact the depth chart in terms of Smith's absence uh, now for the foreseeable future? So the way it was today would be the way I would expect that would be moving forward would be Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, and Greg Ward. Those were the the three receivers out there with the first unit. You still saw uh, a smattering of John Hightower. We saw some J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, but you mainly lent are leaned on those three guys who were here uh, back in 2020. So you had Rager, Fulgham, and Ward. And then it was uh, Andre Dillard day at left tackle. So he, he got the first string reps uh, opposite uh, Lane Johnson there at the tackle spot. And then at safety, 
what seemed to be like a little bit of a split of Kayvon Wallace and Marcus Sepps. I was trying to keep an eye on that position at the first rep of every team period. It seemed like one period would be Kayvon and the next would be Epps. And then linebacker, that's just tough to track, man. Those They got all kinds of guys playing, all kinds of roles. So, uh, you know, whether it was, you know, one period, it might be TJ Edwards and you might see Eric Wilson. You might see Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley. Uh, all those guys kind of mix it in there. So uh, those were some of my big depth charts notes uh, from the day. Obviously, no Isaac Samalo still. So you still had uh, Nate Herbig at left guard. Brandon Brooks uh, still on the mend from that lower body injury that he had. So uh, you still have Matt Pryor at right guard. So uh, those are some of the big depth chart uh, pieces that I noticed. I would say to the other thing, uh, young receiver Quez Watkins uh, saw some more action today. We saw more Jalen Rager today uh, than we have throughout the, all the summer. So uh, some of those young receivers starting to make their way back to the field with Devonte Smith uh, again, like you said, week to week. So, uh, look, today we'll go into you know some of the big takeaways that we had from practice. And uh, C-Mac, I'll come to you first. What would you say is, is your big takeaway? I'm going to say there's been so much buzz about the performance of the defensive line in the first week of camp, and a lot of eyes are over on that right defensive end spot with Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat. And I thought Derek Barnett had a very, very good day today in the team drills, lightning quick off the snap, getting the best of both Mylotta and Andre Dillard at times. But we need to talk about the depth at defensive tackle. And this is an area that the Eagles have been trying to address for quite some time to help get insurance for Fletcher Cox. So they get Javon Hargrave. They have him in his second season now. Milton Williams is a third-round pick. He's going to be an integral part of the rotation early on, it looks like. You have guys like Hassan Ridgeway, Marlon Tuipolotu, the late-round pick. Of USC, how about like a T.Y. McGill? Like he's mm-hmm. someone who yep. has created plays day in and day out. There was one rep during team drills where he just knifed his way into the backfield to create pressure on the quarterback. He, he seems to be that veteran that every year the team is probably like, we got to find a way to get a young blood in here. But McGill, who has plenty of experience dating back to playing for the Chargers, you know, some time with the Eagles now, has find a way, keeps finding a way to get it onto the roster and, and find his way into action on the field. Contributed a lot of snaps last season, even though he was kind of going back and forth between the practice squad and getting to be called up on game day due to COVID lists and things of that nature. But contributed a lot of quality snaps for this defensive line in 2020. Yeah, McGill has flashed each and every day. And honestly, it's a, a good segue. I'll just kind of take it from there, C-Mac, because uh, I wanted to focus in over on the offensive line and defensive line one-on-one drills. And the defensive line – for the most part, got a lot of the big wins in that drill. I mean, Brandon Graham starts it off. You get a, a win there. Javon Hargrave has just been outstanding in team drills, one-on-one drills. He looked really good. Once again, Fletcher Cox got a really clean win against Nate Herbig early. And then you get over to the left tackle spots. You have Andre Dillard going up against Josh Sweat. Was it a perfect rep for Dillard? No, Sweat kind of got into his pads, pushed him back a little bit, but Dillard battled well. They got He saw a matchup a little bit later in the drill as well uh, with Brandon Graham lining up over across from a right defensive end. And Dillard, I thought, battled in that one as well. Neither of those were clean. I thought both were more like stalemate reps. Jordan Mailata was working with the second string today. Um, so he saw Derek Barnett uh, and completely shut down a Barnett rush. Then he saw Josh Sweat a little bit later. Sweat tried to go with a little bit of a long arm on him. Uh, and Mailata was able to crush that as well. I thought Mailata looked really, really good. Um, both day or uh, both reps there in the, uh, in the one-on-one drill. 
And then just a couple guys that really stood out. Uh, I, to me, I, looking at the defensive line, uh, you know, Derek Barnett had a really slick spin move against Jack Driscoll. Um, I was standing next to Ross Tucker watching the drill. It was myself, uh, Ross, and Bo Wolf were sitting there watching the drills. And you could tell that uh, Jack Driscoll wanted to kind of quick set Barnett, get on him really quickly. So he flies out almost parallel to the line of scrimmage. Barnett felt it and just kind of spun right off him. It was a really clean move, a really clean win from Derek Barnett. Again, coming from the left defensive end spot with Jack Driscoll at right tackle. A couple of quick rushes. Uh, Raquan Williams had a really nice clean win against Luke Jariga. Joe Osman had a really nice win uh, against Brett Toth. Milton Williams uh, used his speed, and he was able to beat Jariga uh, on a snap. So some really nice individual plays. And then just on the offensive line, one guy who I think is starting to stack a couple nice days together. And again, he's, he's another person that's going to be fighting for a roster spot on the back end of the depth chart. But I think Casey Tucker, has just he looks competent. And this is his third or fourth training camp uh, at this point. He's a guy that's been a veteran of being here in South Philadelphia in the summer. And this is his best summer so far to me. I, I think that he's kind of strung a couple of nice practices along together. Uh, and then Sue Opeta also flashed in that drill. So a bunch of names, I would say overall defensive line won the drill, uh, but the offense uh, certainly had some flashes as well, Ben. Did Milton Williams add weight this offseason? I know. I mean, from college, from college to now, he certainly did. I know I've talked with his train. This is going back to uh, the pre-draft process, going back to like February. Uh, I think he finished the college season in the two seventies, I think. And then it was like uh, when he was training for the for training for his pro day and for around his workout. Two ninety or so. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm sure he's you know around that size now, uh, if not a little bit bigger. Yeah, it looked like he's pushing three hundred. He just looks a little bit different out there. And I think adding some weight and still trying to figure out. Uh, you know, the, the right play style and the right temperament uh, as his body changes, becoming a professional. He was really a hybrid player down there at La Tech. So you had to kind of commit to being a, a uh, an edge player, an interior, went the interior route. And now there's going to be a little bit of a development and a learning curve with that new weight there. Um, yeah, but an interesting practice today. I've been really paying attention to this young tight end group. Outside of Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, there's some really intriguing bodies back there. We all see big Tyree Jackson towering over everybody, occasionally plucking a nice ball with that long length. But Jack Stoll, rookie out of Nebraska, Caleb Wilson, now in his second camp at UCLA, I believe, are two really athletic I don't want to call them sneaky athletic because we all know, but they have good hands. They're quick down the seam. They're not true wide tight ends, but they're kind of that move tight end, that athletic oversized receiver. And they each make some really nice catches through the course of practices. And we have a handful of practices already. And it seems like every day, every session, somebody is showing up with a nice pluck over the middle and they love feeding the backs and tight ends in this offense. So even if we have a, a Goddard and an Ertz, we love our 13 personnel, which is three tight end sets. Who's going to be that third tight end? I think it's kind of open season and open competition for some of these young guys. Yeah, Jason Kroom, another guy who, uh, who was yeah, flashed. Obviously, we obviously have the veteran Richard Rogers, Richard Rogers back yep. there as well. Yep. Yeah, so there are a lot of names uh, competing for uh, you know potentially the number three or even a number four. And uh, Fran, I am offense. ready for pads to come on because there is no true fullback on this team. So what does that mean? Some running backs going to step up to the challenge, or some tight ends going to say, "Oh, we want to line up in the eye. I'll do it for you." And it may be a Jack Stoll who may be that H-back type of tight end to wear all those different hats for an offense, a lot like the way we used Trey Burton several years ago. Hmm. Nobody would have ever thought he was a fullback, but he was more of that move tight end that can do a lot of things for the offense. So I want to ask you guys this question. You kind of alluded to it there. You're excited for the, the pads to come on uh, to kind of see that. Is there anything else you guys are most excited to see with the pads coming on tomorrow? Obviously, it's not going to be permanent. The pads will kind of come 
on and off throughout the course of the summer, but uh, the pads going on for the first time tomorrow. Is there one topic or, or one item that you're most excited to see? Ben, uh, I'll come back to you. You know, I think I just want to see more competitive fire. I think there's a little bit of a gray area at the end of reps uh, with how you finish. There's no real secret when the pads come on, you're tackling to the ground. So I really want to see that extra finish who has that extra ability to maybe finish a ball carrier, maybe to break a tackle. This is a combat sport, guys. We all know that. So you got to put on the armor and you got to see how guys compete in combat. So I'm really excited to hear some popping, maybe some edginess, maybe some chippiness post-play and really let some personalities come out. In my opinion, five days been a little quiet out there so we get some popping of the pads typically we'll get some chirping of the mouths afterwards and then camp really feels like we're here ben's itching ben, i'm ready ben c-mac i'm ready c-mac <laughs> we're gonna start putting the pads ourselves and just go after it <laughs> on the sidelines if we have to i'm gonna go with the running back position though i think miles sanders to me has been the best offensive player thus far in camp i'm really excited about his potential here in 2021 being a true three-down back. He's looking great catching the ball out of the backfield. He's been consistent day in and day out. I love seeing him spend extra time with new assistant head coach, running backs coach Jamal Singleton, who has a wealth of experience at the position at both the pro and the college levels. Uh, just looks quick, elusive, electric. He's uh, been fully healthy from the get-go. So it's a great start to him for camp. But some of these other backs I want to evaluate. Jason Huntley has flashed. Tremendous speed. Yep. Uh, but how is that going to translate when the pads go on? Because we've seen this with Eagles camps in the past where guys have looked great in T-shirts and shorts, and then you put the pads on and they kind of fall off a bit. So I want to see how Jason Huntley performs. I think Jordan Howard looks to be in good shape. I think he looks a little bit quicker. You know, he was such an integral part of the offense in 2019. Obviously, this is not the time where he's going to flash because he's more of that bulldozer, that guy who can carry the ball in between the tackles. This is going to be a big time for him. Uh, and so I'm trying to think of some of the other running backs. Kenny Gainwell, he's someone who has been kind of tough to evaluate from a running standpoint early on in camp, but he's showed the flashes catching the ball. So I definitely think that that's going to be big for him to see what he can do in between the tackles because he was such a great all-around player in that one season at Memphis where he had over 2,000 all-purpose yards. So really, for me, it's the depth at running back. Uh, we've talked about how the extra game is going to be so important for increasing the depth of the position. You know, we see a lot of two-back sets early on. Shane Steichen talking about how he wants to incorporate those as part of as part of a key facet of this offense. So for me, I would say that the running back evaluation steps up a notch uh, going into – this period of training camp when the pads go on. You mentioned Gainwell to me, like the, one of the best things about when the pads go on for the first time is just seeing how all the rookies respond. Unfortunately, we're not gonna be able to see uh, Devante Smith, but how do the, the rest of these guys take to the, the pads going on that, that, you know, and Ben, you talked about it, like that level of urgency that kind of rises a little bit. You know, the pads come on, it gets a little bit hotter. The the pads start clicking a little bit more. There's a little bit more chippiness at the end of plays. How, how are those guys going to respond? Because the contact will definitely take it up a notch uh, tomorrow. So I, I am excited to see how those rookies respond. But the other big one, too, are some of those position battles. You, know, you look at the left tackle competition and you say, all right, well, now that the pads come on, how do both Jordan Mailata and Andre Dillard look, uh, you know, with the pads coming on? So I think those as well, you always get a little bit more of a look into, especially down in the trenches, uh, once there's full, you know more contact. I'm excited to see how both of those guys fare in that kind of situation. 
Should be a uh, Jordan Mailata day with Correct. the ones to yes. kick things off. And yeah. I'll tell you, those passes over the middle for the receivers are a lot easier when you know you may not be taking a pop after the catch. So all of a sudden, some alligator arms might be showing up. Some DBs can maybe use that physicality a little bit more to jar that ball out at the catch point. Now we're playing football tomorrow. Pretty excited. Yeah, you know, unknown to this point how many periods will be like live tackling. Usually, uh, you know, in the past it would be you know, maybe one or two periods uh, over the course of a, of a day would be live to the ground, and then the rest will be some thuds. So we'll, we'll see exactly uh, what Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff deploy tomorrow on Tuesday for the Pats. Uh, before we get out of here, any pl- individual plays uh, stand out to you guys? See, Mac, I'll come to you. Is there any one individual play that uh, we can't walk away from today's action without discussing? I'm going to go to a play from seven on seven. We talked about the Devontae Smith injury, the impact on the depth chart. So how about a guy who's going to step up in that time while Smith is on the sideline? How about Quez Watkins? Okay, slow start to camp because he was uh, on that, uh, he had a non-COVID illness, so he was not out there for the first few days of practice. But seven on seven, he lined up far to the right, uh, got an inside release on Steven Nelson, had him from the jump, and Jalen Hurts, to his credit, threw a great deep ball on a post route, was able to get the catch and would have been a touchdown. Uh, Watkins showing that big play explosiveness. And something here with Jalen Hurts, his accuracy on the deep ball is pretty darn good. Last season, those five games where he had the extended playing time late, the four starts, and then that half in Green Bay, he had nine completions of 30 or more yards, tied for first among all NFL quarterbacks in that span. Uh, and that's something that Shane Steichen said that he does a great job with his placement, which allows what would maybe say a 40-yard gain to become a 60-yard gain because you're hitting these guys in stride. So Watkins, he had that acrobatic catch on Saturday over Michael Jaquette, follows that up here with a nice big play, beating the veteran corner in Steven Nelson. Yeah, we'll stay in the Quez Watkins camp. I just mentioned he's starting to stack some practices together. That catch was in seven on seven. That next period and team period, he took a screen pass from Nick Mullins and took it right up the sideline in a red zone period. That looks scary similar to the touchdown he scored last year. However, last year in the game, he abandoned all his blocks. If you guys remember, he spun <laughs> yeah, out to the sideline. Yep. This one was like Moses parting the seas. He followed, I think it was Toth and Opeta there leaking out, and it was just a nice little red carpet into the end zone. But a guy showing the catch point acrobat adjustments down the field ability, some catch and run with screens. He's checking a lot of boxes and he may be leapfrogging a guy like John Hightower that was taking a smidge earlier in the draft last year. Quez Watkins looks like he's ready to uh, contribute this year. I like that. I'm going to go with uh, a throw. It was from Joe Flacco. I thought this was the best throw of the day that I saw. I was not there for the seven on sevens uh, to see the Jalen Hurts throw uh, to Quez Watkins, but uh, Joe Flacco. Yeah, right. I was, I was over the O-line, D-line, one-on-one. So uh, Tyree Jackson, he, he stroked a throw right down the seam to, to Jackson. Uh, a really nice ball uh, that Jackson was able to pull in away from his frame. It was a nice throw, nice catch. And what I like, too, about that one, that was kind of like a bang play-action play. It was a really quick play-action throw. And that had come after the Eagles offense kind of got some, you know, seemed to be able to string together a couple of really nice runs in a row. Sometimes the run game, especially, again, no pads, can be tough to kind of decipher during training camp. So rather than go, all right, how far did the guy run? Cause all the running backs, their coach run every play to the end zone, you know, run the run every play out. So you just kind of go off of look in the background as the play is developing 
And if the offensive coaches are excited or if offensive linemen are, are clapping or putting their hands up, you know, it was a good run. And it seemed like, I think it was two or three plays in a row. If I, I got to go back and look at my notes, but I wrote it down for the notes. They'll be up on PhiladelphiaEagles.com later. It was a play by Sanders, a long run by Sanders up the middle. Then there was a long one by carry on Johnson on the right sideline. And then there was another one by Jordan Howard up the gut. So all three backs right in a row, bang, 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 had three nice runs. And then it was a play action throw real quick over the middle of Jackson. So uh, just seeing the run game working with play action. And again, uh, Flacco, really nice throw down the seam to Jackson. And that catch by Jackson, I think it was like full extension. Yeah. Those long limbs, his six, seven frame wearing number 80, you can't help but just Uh-oh. get flashes of like a Jimmy Graham-like player oh working in the middle of the field there. <laughs> Not nearly as naturally gifted and athletic as Jimmy Graham was right. coming out of the University of Miami, but you just get the flashes of that type of profile at tight end, which we really haven't had in Philly. We go with the more undersized H-back types, whether we're working in Billy Browns or Trey Burtons or, uh, you know, guys like that. Um, who was a guy, James Casey, for a while. It's interesting to see a six, seven, you know, tall glass of water with long limbs working in the middle of the field. Not sure if he's going to stick. He's obviously converting from uh, the quarterback position there. He might be a practice squad guy for a year or two, but just flashing something every day. And it's very much in the mold of a Jimmy Graham style tight end. A hell of a pull there, Ben. You go Billy Brown in front of Trey Burton and James Casey. Uh, really, a really impressive uh, name recollection. I, mean, I can say here, we could talk about the James Casey spikes for another 10 minute here. Oh, no question. I mean, that game of Sunday Night Football against the Giants, when he scored two, three touchdowns uh, off those throwback plays, off play action. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll go all day. Uh, well, guys, we've got a lot to talk about the rest of this week. Uh, the Eagles practicing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Day off Friday, C-Mac, if I, if I remember correctly, before their correct, first preseason yes. game next Thursday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So and filling uh, up that stadium on Sunday. That's right. Uh, so we've got a, a lot to cover here over the course of this week. Make sure you are tuned in right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Make sure you're also checking out the practice notes from myself, Ben, and C-Mac every single day over on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, the Eagles mobile app, and every single one of the social channels. Ben, C-Mac, we'll talk to you both tomorrow. Well, let's keep this show rolling. If you're listening to this podcast, and I know you're a lot like me, you're really excited for football to be back. You're excited for Eagles football to be back. And if you live in the Philadelphia area, you do not want to miss your chance to come and see football live and in person. You can come see the Eagles practice this summer. Do not miss the 2021 Eagles live and in person at training camp public practices presented by Independence Blue Cross. They're right across the street from the Novocare Complex, right over at Lincoln Financial Field. Tickets are on sale now for just $10. And all of those proceeds benefit Eagles Autism Challenge. So go online. Get your tickets now at PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash public practice and get your first look at the 2021 Philadelphia Eagles. Well, great stuff there from both Chris and Ben, who you can follow on Twitter, just like I do. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That's one way to support the show. But the best way is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating and leave us a comment. I want to give a shout out today to Smitty for Six, who left a five-star review saying, love all of Fran's work, especially his draft series. Smitty, thank you for that. With all the running backs the team currently has, Who's the odd man out? Personally, I think we should keep Miles Sanders, Kerryon Johnson, Kenny Gainwell, and Jordan Howard. So, Smitty, it's a good question. It's going to be a good competition. And as we talked about just now with CMAC, that competition ratches up a little bit with the pads coming on. And there's a lot of guys that are vying for time and a lot of guys that honestly have flashed because you look at, obviously, Miles Sanders. You feel like Kenny Gainwell probably on the team and what he can do. But then you look at Kerryon Johnson and Jordan Howard. Both those guys have flashed. 
Jordan Howard's running hard. Carryon Johnson, he showed some juice today getting to the perimeter. Then you look at Boston Scott. We know what he can be uh, in, in terms of his contributions in the NFL. Elijah Holyfield is stacked upon stacked. I mean, he's got uh, that physical downhill mentality. But then also, you can't forget about Jason Huntley, who the Eagles required after final cutdowns last year. And so we didn't really have a lot of chance to, to talk about him. We didn't see him in practice at all, right? But now seeing him every single day, you could see the juice. You could see some of the big play ability that this kid has. And a reason why I'm sure you know, the Eagles saw him every single day during practice last year. This is a guy, this is a guy that has some, maybe some of the best speed in that running back room. And so when you factor all of that in, it's going to be a really interesting competition for you know four spots, I guess at most five spots uh, in the running back rotation. Excited to see how this all plays out. I couldn't even give you a prediction because uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, the preseason will play a lot into that. We'll see plenty of on Johnson and Kenny Gainwell and Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, all those guys over the course of the, the, the three-game preseason. Obviously, Jason Huntley and Elijah Holyfield as well. So, Smitty, thanks so much for the question. Thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you tomorrow.